what is up you guys welcome back to the fit to live podcast i am your host sydney tullett i am an online fitness and nutrition coach and i am the owner of fit to live coaching and today i'm going to give you guys some really helpful tips in this episode we're going to be talking about hunger management while dieting and this is actually going to be a quicker episode you guys know that sometimes i like to go into like really great detail about every single point but i want to start doing some quicker podcast episodes because i know that people are just short on time and you want your answers sometimes the deep dives are great but today i just kind of want to give some quick tips so like i said we're going to be talking about five different tips to manage hunger in a deficit. So the reason that I want to talk about this is because one of the things that can make your diet easier is if you are able to stay a little bit more satiated. We all know that that feeling of just constant ravenous hunger makes it really hard to stick to a diet. Now, before I do get into these five tips, I do want to say that our goal in a diet is not to get rid of every single ounce of hunger and like be scared of it and just think that any hunger is like bad. Uh, So the goal isn't to completely get rid of it. The goal is just to better manage it. But what I always tell my clients whenever we go into a dieting phase, it's like, hey, there's going to be some hunger and that is okay. We do have to be able to accept that a little bit and we do have to be able to live with a little bit of that and like learn how to navigate that. Um, But there are definitely tools where it can become something that's not just like overtaking our mind all the time. And that's kind of what these are. And this is, of course, assuming too that you are in a proper deficit and that you're not in anything excessive. So with that being said, when we talk about managing hunger, um, you may hear like two terms kind of thrown around, satiety and satiation. Um, Satiety is technically by definition, the satisfaction between meals and then satiation, I literally can't say that word, um, tells you is basically your brain telling you like, hey, we're good, stop eating. And this can be from chemical or physical signals. Um, One of those physical signals being like even your stomach being stretched, which we'll talk about in one of the ways that we can kind of help manage this. So for sake though of simplicity, those are going to be used kind of interchangeably since apparently I struggle with saying satiation, I think we're going to stick to like satiety and hunger um, just for like lack of simplicity. But I did want you guys to know that those are technically two different definitions. Um, and with that all out of the way, let's get into the five tips. So the first tip for managing hunger in a deficit is going to be the one that we're going to touch on for the longest because I have a lot of little... Um, I guess, practical points within this is food volume. So when we look at food volume, we can look at a few different components of the food. So that could be the fiber content, the water content, or even the air content. I think a lot of people think of just fiber when they think volume foods, um, but actually it can be water content and air content as well. So when we think about a voluminous food, I like to think of it like in 
if we're thinking like in contrast to something else is sometimes the easier way to think of it. So if you take 100 calories of olive oil versus 100 calories of celery, (laughs) what like the difference in actual volume of that is going to be drastically different. You're going to get way more celery (laughs) for 100 calories than olive oil for 100 calories. Not to mention like the chewing aspect of that and and all of that, which we're going to get into. So that's kind of what I like to think of. And that's not, obviously that's comparing like a fat source to a quote unquote carb source, um, even though (laughs) celery itself barely has anything anyways, which is the point of why I used it as the comparison. But that's kind of what we're talking about when we look at food volume. And if you wanted to take two actual, like, very similar things, we could take um, apple juice versus, like, the actual apple. Um, So 100 calories worth of the apple juice is going to be less satiating. It's going to look like less volume than 100 calories of the actual apple. So you can kind of think of it that way. So when we're looking at this, this also is going to involve the chewing component. So even spending more time like chewing a food can actually help with satiety. And I mentioned that we can have the fiber content, the water content, and the air content. So some examples of this, uh, so things like non-starchy veggies, so like your cucumber, your celery, your zucchini, shredded lettuce, things like that, can be a good example you have like your watermelon which is going to be really high water content and then you have like your puffed grains so like rice cakes and popcorn that can be higher in air content but all of these things are going to help with that overall volume of the meal um and one uh i guess tip as well when you're looking at getting more satiated from using the variable of food volume is it does seem that the meal level density of your choices matters the most. So if you take a low volume meal and just like throw some shredded lettuce on top, that doesn't seem to help as much as like building the like meal as a higher volume meal. Uh, Same thing goes if you do like let's say a bowl with a lot like quite a bit of like a regular jasmine rice let's say like the majority of the meal is lower volume but then you just throw some cauliflower rice on top that's probably not going to be as helpful as if the bulk and the base and the majority of the meal was higher volume so that's just another little tip Um, it does typically come down more to meal level density than just like throwing a high volume food on top of like a um low food or a high no yeah low food volume type of meal um so another thing with food volume is it actually does help you eat more slowly so not only can that help with the chewing aspect and kind of like getting the stomach juices or things like that are happening which is going to help with satiety but also when you think mentally that gives your brain a little bit more time um to notice your stomach expanding for example mean like oh hey i'm actually full so these are all things that we can look at um, whenever it comes to volume. Some other examples of low volume foods, uh, I miss. I mentioned the juices, I mentioned oils, but like dried fruits, um, nut butters, chips, candies, things like that. And a lot of times it's easier sometimes to think of this in comparison. So like dried fruits versus watermelon or versus um, like berries, 
and noticing the difference in satiety from those. So one tip with this, or I guess one thing to keep in mind with food volume though, is that you, it is totally okay and you should not um, totally avoid foods that maybe are a bit lower food volume, higher calorie density, because things like olive oil, nut butters, things like that can be awesome additions, but it's more so just looking at the total of your day and how you're feeling as far as your satiation. But I don't want to say this and then like make you guys think that if a food isn't a high volume food, that it's like a bad food to include because that's absolutely not the case. This is just a tip. If you can add some more fibrous foods, maybe higher water content foods, higher air content foods into your day and maybe make some of your meals just like a meal level um, higher food volume meal that can definitely help you within the deficit but please don't let this podcast episode like scare you away from some of those other foods those are totally fine to include um, especially especially if you're not dieting you're going to have much more flexibility for those um, but when you're trying to control hunger it's just definitely something to think about um, and then you also definitely want to be mindful to digestion as you add volume especially when it comes to any raw veggies um, cruciferous veggies things like that that's why i gave those other examples as well um, because i wouldn't recommend just eating all cauliflower rice and broccoli and and um just different things like that i think those can be okay for sure but you definitely have to be mindful to your digestion again um raw is definitely going to be the toughest on digestion raw veggies um but even after that if you're just doing like just pounds of cruciferous veggies a day that's probably gonna um not go too well for your digestive tract so just be mindful to that and that's why i said um you know it's not that we need our entire day to be these foods so be mindful to digestion this is just something that you can include and that can really make a big difference whenever it comes to um your satiation during the diet and your ability to stick to it i know for my diet volume foods were really helpful but I did have to put it into context of like okay volume foods are great but I you know I can only do so much of this before it's going to start to really mess with my digestion and so I do have to be okay with some hunger like we can't just eat all cauliflower rice then we wouldn't hit our protein and fats anyways but you get the point so that is number one and I promise the rest are going to be a lot shorter that one just had the most kind of sub points to touch on so hopefully that made sense. Hopefully I wrapped that up nicely. So number two, the second tip to manage hunger in a deficit, this one's super quick, but the size of like the plates and bowls and things like that that you use. And this is like a mental trick. So if you think about the same serving of food on a small plate that it actually fits in versus a really big plate where there's a lot of space around it, and there has been research on this, that will actually impact as far as um, how satiated you feel after from just like a simple mental perspective and like perception. Um, so you can actually kind of quote unquote trick your brain a little bit. Now, if you, I do kind of also want to preface this, if you feel like this is starting to become like eating disorder type of tendencies and like it's getting very obsessive outside of just in a deficit phase and outside of just the context of hey I'm just trying to manage hunger and help myself feel a little bit more satiated um just be careful with that kind of stuff but I think that if you can keep a good mindset towards it 
that's awesome. Even when I'm not dieting, I am still mindful of like the size of my plates and things that I use just because the mental aspect is important. And if I want to control my calories to make sure I'm just like maintaining my weight over a long period of time, that can actually be a really helpful way for me. So I think as long as you have a good mindset towards it, um, I think it is a great tool to use. Just I think note if you start to get obsessive about it to where if if it ever wasn't the case, you just like, you know, have a mental breakdown, then obviously that's an issue and probably shouldn't be something that you're focusing on right now. But it really can if you have a good mindset towards it and you understand the context of why you're using it. I genuinely think it can be an awesome tip. Some people may disagree with me, but that's okay. Um, Number three is going to be, so the third way, third tip to manage hunger in a deficit is going to be food palatability. So when we look at hyper palatable foods, so typically those are going to be things that are like higher fat and sugar and salt combinations, more like packaged processed foods. Um, Think chips, candies, pastries, things like that. Um, We get a very high pleasure response with those. And so sometimes your brain may actually override your hunger signals due to the pleasure response with hyperpalatable foods and make you want to keep eating them. So in a diet, fitting those hyper palatable foods into your macros is yes possible of course but you do want to think about what that may cause you mentally like if you have that and then your brain's like oh my gosh that pleasure reward I want more and more and more is that going to help you stick to your diet is that going to make it maybe a little more difficult to stick to it um, so that's really something to think about me personally when I diet. Um, I tend to, for the most part, try to stick to more just like basic meals that aren't super hyper palatable. Um, because if I do have hyper palatable things, sometimes it will kind of cause my brain to want more, more, more past even just like hunger, just from like that mental like pleasure signal. So that's something to think about. And that doesn't mean never, ever. And like, I guess I would even consider some of the things that I, um, do track like within my deficit I sometimes would still have like a pancake bowl or something like that and technically that's a little bit more on the hyper palatable side just because it is like a little bit sweeter with a little bit of fat um but I just I know myself and my brain and like for me if I'm ending my day on something like that and then I'm going to bed it's like not an issue and I do control the calories of it so it's not like I'm taking up you know 25 40 percent of my calories on something like that and then being like, oh my gosh, I'm so hungry the rest of the day. So that has to be put in context, but um, definitely being mindful of that. And when we look at super hyper palatable foods, chips is a really good example just because typically it's like, obviously you got the carbs, you've got the fats, usually they're salty too. Um, Not only can it like override those hunger signals, but also just going back to volume, think about like in a single chip like how many calories you're getting versus like the volume that you could get from other things. Um, So that's just something to think about. And then on another note though, with that, you can totally still enjoy your meals for sure. Like you shouldn't just be absolutely miserable every meal, just like, oh, this is disgusting. That's not what I'm saying, but it is definitely something to be mindful of. Sometimes keeping it a little more simple in a diet can actually be helpful for you feeling more satiated and just making the diet easier to stick to and more enjoyable. Because yes, enjoying your meals is important, but another thing that makes dieting more enjoyable is not being ravenous the whole time. Um, So that's number three. 
Tip number four is going to be getting enough sleep. So not only can lack of sleep actually impact like your actual hunger hormones, so like leptin and ghrelin, but it also can impact your blood sugar, your insulin sensitivity, which can impact your cravings. Um, You have to think too about like behavior. So you tend to make worse decisions if you are lacking in sleep. Um, I mentioned hunger and another thing, if you're not getting enough sleep, you have to think about the time that you're awake as well. That's a whole nother um, factor that goes into somebody not getting enough sleep is you're just awake longer to have more food. Um, So getting enough sleep is going to be a absolutely crucial thing for helping you to manage hunger. And I didn't touch a ton on hunger hormones, but when we look at like hunger hormones, the two of the the ones that I like to focus on is ghrelin and leptin. So ghrelin is the one that's going to tell you like, okay, you're hungry, eat. Leptin is going to be more of that like satiating hormone. Um, And there's, when we talked about like food volume, that's going to play a role in kind of influencing those as well. But when it comes to like leptin, for example, that's going to shift based on Um, it shifts kind of like acutely and on like a, uh, a larger scale based on like the fat cells and different things like that. So I don't want to, (laughs) I don't want to go in detail on this because like I said, I do want this to be like a quicker tip episode, but sleep going back to that is going to impact some of those hunger hormones. So Sleep is a huge one. Um, And then tip number five to manage hunger and a deficit is going to be managing your blood sugar. Um, So this goes back partly to number four because one way that we can help to manage our blood sugar is by getting enough good quality sleep. But some other ways is going to be like managing our stress, eating just balanced meals as a whole. So having like protein and fiber and fats kind of dispersed within meals along with our carbs. Um, Even having a consistent meal schedule. So, you know, not going like, okay, I ate breakfast and then I didn't eat again until 4 p.m. But having a little bit more of a consistent meal schedule, that can help as well. So if we can manage our blood sugar, that's also going to help with some of those hunger and craving kind of spikes as well. So um, I also had, that was the five tips, but I did also have a bonus consideration um, just to consider the cardio types that you're doing. So um, you can kind of, this has to be very um, personalized to you and what you're noticing. So I have found with myself and several clients that like hit cardio, so like um, sprints and different things like that can actually even if you're not hungry right after the session can actually cause increased hunger like later in the day versus if we're doing more list cardio and things like that. And that's not even going into why I might not use HIT in some people for other reasons, whether it's like too much stress on their body or whatever the case is, depending on the client. But consider that for your cardio. And again, everyone's impacted a little bit differently. Um, that may not impact you as much, but I've definitely noticed it in myself and some clients that... Um, certain types of cardio may exacerbate hunger a little bit more than others. So consider that as well. But the five main points. So we had tip number one was food volume. We had the size of like your plates, bowls, things like that that you're using, the food palatability, getting enough sleep and managing 
blood sugar. So those are the five tips to manage hunger within a deficit. Again, some hunger is going to be present in a deficit. That is normal and okay. Um, but these are just tips that you can use to try to help manage that to make your diet a little bit more enjoyable, a little bit easier to stick to. And I hope that it was helpful. If you guys have any follow-up questions on this episode, feel free to reach out. You can always message me on Instagram. You can check out my links in the show notes. Um, But I hope that was helpful and I will talk to you guys in the next episode.